Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton, and it is good to be with you here today. I know in the jingle just before the show it says, sit. The first thing I want to do is first of all acknowledge that. As we go through the show, we'll try to share some words to perhaps comfort. Not that I have any magic potion. Uh, um, and try to dig deep and find something. But I think before we go there, I think it's first technology. We've been off air for a few weeks during Sukkot, and here we are. We're back. And I'll be honest, it's not a show I want to go through. It's not... Every bone in my body was screaming and saying, you know, skip this week and recover from Yom Tov, try to make sense of, in heart at least, of what's going on. Um, because it's so raw, right? We're, what, 72 hours into this war just 72 hours ago, the worst day. Um, for the Jewish community since the Holocaust in terms of numbers and not only numbers, numbers don't anything as much as the heart. Definitely not at that scale. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. Sorry, sounded like there was a bad connection. Try again. Um, so as I was saying, it's, a, it's not a show I was looking forward to give today um, because it's hard. It's hard. It's so raw. I was mentioning that uh, personally I've been making an attempt not to watch videos and not to read and expose myself to too much of the graphic details. It's disheartening. It's heartbreaking. And I'm not sure I'm adding any value by walking around uh, feeling that we're feeling pretty miserable already. I'm not saying I never will, but uh, for now, uh, I feel like the goal is not to get more disheartened than we already are, but to feel inspired for change, to feel inspired that we could do something. That's really where I'm, I'm at and where we're really going to try to explore in the show is just finding a way to go out of the, out of the darkness into adding value, right? And out of the questions into the action. In the Hebrew, the, the word why is lama, and the word for what is ma, lima, for what. And it's really going from lama, why, to what. Why doesn't get us anywhere. It's not a question that adds, um, definitely not at this stage. In other words, when you're not in the, the heat of it, you could have a philosophical conversation about pain and meaning and purpose and suffering of good people in this world. But when you're in it, we, we run to make sense, right? People are desperate to make sense of stuff, to make how did it happen? What's going on? Ah, this is why. And almost explain away or justify or make the senseless sensible, right? On both sides. In other words, 
many Jews will sit there trying to, you know, almost justify why God did something like this. We weren't getting along. We were this, we were that. And for me, it always comes back to mind the words that the, the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's father-in-law, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, said during the Holocaust. He said, it's not our job to be God's defense attorney. Many people feel like they have to explain away God, as if God showed up the night before and told them why why things are happening. It's not our job. It's not our job. Our job is to offer comfort. Our job is to add light. Our job is not to explain away things. And then on the other side, to the total other extreme are those anti-Semites who are justifying, right? Including people in our very own government here in South Africa, justifying the murders of babies, women, children, men. And I, for a moment, I want to comment on that. And I actually want to read from a script that uh, I know Dennis Prager is often played on the High FM and uh, there's a video, a five-minute video he presented a few years back that really uh, resonated. And I'm just going to share some quotes for it, for just in our own mind, to not get confused and um, demoralized. In other words, not get confused by messages from people in the government or from people that will be demonstrating in the streets for the so-called Palestinian side as if there's a moral justification for what happened on Saturday on Shabbos. So allow me to read. It says, imagine a group of people who work to destroy Italy because they claim Italy's origins are illegitimate. Imagine further that these people maintain that of all the countries in the world, only Italy doesn't deserve to exist. And then imagine that these people vigorously deny that they are anti-Italian. Would you believe them? Now substitute Israel for Italy. And you'll understand the dishonesty and absurdity of the argument that one can be anti-Zionist, that is against the existence of a Jewish state, but not anti-Semitic. But that is precisely what anti-Zionists say. They argue that Israel's existence is illegitimate. They don't believe this of any other country in the world, no matter how bloody its origin. And they get offended then when you accuse them of being anti-Semitic. How do they make this argument? First, they change the topic. They say it's unfair to charge those who merely criticize Israel with being anti-Semitic. But criticism of Israel is fine. Denying Israel's right to exist isn't. Anti-Zionism isn't criticism of Israel. Anti-Zionism is opposition to Israel's existence. What is Zionism? It's the name of the movement that advocates for the return of Jews to their historic homeland. Over the past 3,000 years, there were only two independent states located in what's called Israel. Both were Jewish states. And invaders destroyed both. No Arab or Muslim or any other country ever existed in that land, which was only named Palestine by the Romans to remove all memory of the Jewish state they destroyed in the year 70 Common Era. Second, anti-Zionists claim they can't be anti-Jewish because Zionism has nothing to do with Judaism. That's equally false. It's like saying that Italian has nothing, Italy has nothing to do with being Italian. Judaism has always, always consisted of three components. God, Torah, and Israel. If Israel isn't part of Judaism, neither is the Bible nor God. Third, anti-Zionists claim that Judaism is only a religion. Therefore, Jews are only members of a religion, not a nation. But the Jews are called a nation more than a hundred times in the Torah. That is why there can be irreligious, secular, and even atheist Jews, because Jews are not only a religion. 
They are also a people or a nation. There are no atheist Christians because Christianity, for example, is only a religion. Fourth, the anti-Zionists claim that Israel is illegitimate because it's racist. This is a fraudulent charge Israel haters and America haters make against two of the least racist societies in the world. Half of Israel's Jews are not even white, and anyone of any race or ethnicity can convert and become a Jew. Plus, one in five Israelis isn't a Jew. And these Israelis, mostly Arab Muslims, have the same rights as Jewish Israelis. Finally, anti-Zionists claim that Israel's origins are illegitimate. Of all the world's 200 plus countries, the only country anti-Zionists declare illegitimate is also the only Jewish one. That's pretty much all you need to know about their motives. Why, for example, don't they make this claim about Pakistan? In 1947, nine months before the establishment of the State of Israel, India was partitioned into a Muslim state, Pakistan, and a Hindu state, India. Unlike Israel, Pakistan had never existed before. Unlike Israel's founding, which created about 700,000 Jewish refugees from Arab lands, and an equal number of Arab refugees from what became Israel, the founding of Pakistan created about 7 million Muslim refugees from India and about 7 million Hindu refugees from Pakistan. And while the highest estimate of Arab deaths in the fighting that took place when Israel was established is 10,000, the number of deaths as a result of Pakistan's creation is about 1 million. So why is Israel's legitimacy challenged by Pakistan's isn't? There's only one answer. Israel is the one Jewish state. Of course, not all anti-Zionists hate all Jews. Many of the people that are going to be demonstrating tomorrow at the American embassy, they don't hate all Jews. But if you seek to destroy Italy, you don't have to hate every Italian to be anti-Italian. If you seek to destroy the one Jewish state, you don't have to hate every Jew to be an anti-Semite. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. You were just listening to Amen Alay Yiladim Shali, a magnificent song by Hanan Benari in, from Israel. Um, sing it live at the Kesaria. And we'll be playing other songs of inspiration throughout the show. As mentioned just before the break, I was listening, I was reading out a, a script from Dennis Prager that, and I think it's important to realize as we see many people supporting Israel and many people supporting the Jewish people, but many people including locally who are not. And to not get confused, they'll sit there using words like occupation and apartheid. It's anti-Semitism. You don't have to hate every Jew, but if you don't think the Jews have a right for a homeland, in peace and security, you're an anti-Semite. Don't get offended. So at least take accountability for it. That's point number one. Point number two is for us to remember how we have to not stop asking why, at least at this stage, and, and ask what, and find some way to channel that anger, that frustration, that that almost feeling of despair, and and take that energy, right? Every feeling is an energy, any feeling. Love is an energy, hate is an energy. And what do you do with it? A, a person who 
has no self-discipline, a person who has no values, will allow whatever energy they're feeling at the moment to just take them over, to consume them. And they could become hateful, they could become spiteful. A person who's mature, a person who has values, will figure out what their energy is and try to channel it and take responsibility and, and, and make a difference. Story goes that after, sometime after the Yom Kippur War, Chief Rabbi Lau um, was visiting New York and he went to Lubavitcher Rebbe and he told him, he says, everyone in Israel is asking what's going to be Mayiya. And the Rebbe responded and said that we don't ask that question, what's going to be? That's a, a question that's open-ended and le- leads to nothing. The question has to be, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What agency are we going to take? Are we going to fundraise money to help people? Are we going to do a mitzvah? Are we going to act in kindness? Are we going to be advocates for Israel? What are we going to do? Not what's going to be. That's, that doesn't lead to anything. That's a despondent question. Ultimately, it's God's world, and God will run this world. But the question is, what are we going to do? And if there's one message I really want to bring across in today's show is, what are you going to do? You're feeling violated. You're feeling afraid. We're all feeling something. Scared. Maybe even petrified. Unsafe. That's an energy. You can either let that energy consume you and just go, you know, do something and sob in your room or binge watch at Netflix to take away the pain. Or you could channel that energy for something productive. Do something that you thought you'd never do. Whether it is doing something communal, opening a group and motivating some big agenda or it's something small like take on a mitzvah that you never thought you would do. Right? You were never the person that's ever going to keep Shabbos. Okay. Well, how about commit that as long as this war lasts, please God, not long, you'll keep Shabbos. You're never the person that's going to go to Minyan or put on tefillin or study Torah or put a mezuzah on all your doors. You're never the person that's going to give 10% of your your income to charity, whatever it is. I was. It's never going to be me. Well... We live in a crazy time where things that we thought are impossible, unfortunately become possible. The way to counterbalance that is in the side of light. In other words, if darkness has shown its ability to do things unimaginable, whoever thought we would see these sights again after the Holocaust, then in the side of light, we also have to be a bit crazy, a bit unpredictable. Totally go out of our comfort zone. Go to a place that you never thought you were capable of and channel that energy otherwise it's a waste all this uh, grief that we're feeling and pain and worry what are we going to do with it obviously it's it's we're one nation we're one people and all good people all over the world jewish or not they're feeling the pain and and, and it's it's human and it's natural and it's the right thing Maimonides says, if you don't feel the pain of somebody else's suffering, then there's something really wrong. It's a sin. You have to feel the pain. 
But still, we have to channel that pain into something. Find an outlet, but not just a way to get rid of the pain, but that due to the pain, the world will become better. Your world will become better. Your relationships will become better. Your family will become healthier. Your Yiddishkeit will grow. Your Right? Like for me, can we still hold on to Faribol? I'm thinking to myself out loud after all this. When we see how interconnected we are, when we see that we're all one, when we see how much people, most of the victims, we never knew. Some of us maybe knew a few, but most of the victims we never knew. But we feel like it's us. Right? We feel, we feel it. It's close to us. It's intense. So then how could we hold a faribble with our own close ones? If you haven't done it before, Yom Kippur, sort out your misunderstandings. Heal your part of the world. Every time somebody dies in the Jewish community, we say Kaddish. And the first words of the Kaddish all over the world are Yitkadalvi Yitkadash Meirava or Yitkadalvi Yitkadash Meirava. May God's name become greater and holier. And the simple question is, why in the world, as we're burying somebody, and for 11 months after that, are we talking about God's name great? And one of the reasons, and a very meaningful one is, because every person that dies, God's light in this world is diminished. We're all created in the image of God, and we all have a purpose. And when someone dies, that person's light that they were bringing in of godliness is gone. Nobody else can bring in that person's light. I have to bring in my light, you bring in your light, and that person brought in their light. And God is diminished. God's light, as it be, is diminished in this world. And we say, we're almost like praying that the light not be diminished. Kind of adding energy. We're adding from standing with a minion and saying amen. We're saying, let's bring the power back. How much light has been taken out this Saturday, this Shabbos and Sunday? So much light was removed from this world and so much darkness was brought in. So much evil. So yes, we have to protect ourselves and we have to send money and whatever we can to our brothers and sisters fighting for us. But we also have to add light. We have to rebalance this world. Because after such a day, the world's out of whack. For that one day, darkness was almost one. It was definitely very strong. And to rebalance the world, and not only rebalance it back to what was, but to take it to a whole new other place, we have to add light. And if the darkness was so intense, then the light we add has to be intense. Something we wouldn't have done. Or something that we're just like, eh, not sure, I want to, I don't want to do it. Add the light you need to add. Transform darkness into light. And that's why I want to play for you this song. It's called The Man from Vilna. It's a story. It's obviously done poetically in the song. It's about the end of World War II. Um, where many of the survivors who originally were from Vilna in Lithuania come back to Vilna. And it's Simchas Torah. It's actually the day that the, this attack occurred in Israel, in Simchas Torah. And do they dance? Do they not dance? There's no Torahs in the scroll, in the ark. 
The place is full of bullets. The shul is devastated. Will they find something to dance? This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. So that beautiful song where they um, danced with two kids, Simchas Torah in 1946. One of them, I believe, was Abe Foxman. Later on, he grew up to be the head of the ADL, or one of the other organizations in America against anti-Semitism. And he was one of those children who they were dancing with. It's a true story. A few more thoughts. They, there's an old expression that says, if you want to know how bad things are, read the newspaper. If you want to feel uplifted, study history. The newspapers are bad, the videos are bad, but a Jew needs to know history. Any human has to know history for many reasons, but one of them is because it gives you perspective, gives you a, a wider narrative, right? We hear these anti-Semites, we see the videos, we see the support in the streets of Sydney, in the streets of New York, tomorrow in the streets of Johannesburg for for murder, for rape. Of Jews, and uh, you lo- people can lose hope. That's why history is so important. As Jews, we've uh, gotten many clubs, many, many times, but each one of those anti-Semites went down in history and disappeared. Like every lie, they've disappeared. All this falsehood, nonsense about apartheid. All this hatred, all this happiness for the murder of Jews. It's heartbreaking. Maybe a slight bit disheartening. But we've been here a long time. And we can look and know we will outlive anybody. Not because we're better, but because of Jewish eternity. Netzach Yisrael lo Yishaker, says the prophet. The eternity of Israel doesn't lie. It lives on forever. So yes, we have to fight anti-Semitism. And yes, we have to do what we can. But let's not panic and let's not ever think for a moment that evil is stronger than good. That the haters are stronger than us. We've outlived much bigger people than a bunch of idiots on Twitter. We've outlived huge enemies. You've outlived the gas chambers. It doesn't take away the grief from what we suffered. It doesn't make Saturday any easier to pallet what happened on Simchas Torah and Shabbos. But it does make sure that we don't despair. We've been here a long time, friends. Study a bit of history. Unfortunately, I got up in Shul a few weeks ago and I spoke a story that happened in the Gulags. And quite a few people walked over to me after the show and said, Rabbi, what's a gulag? I'm not going to give you a history of the gulags. You should read a book called The Gulag Archipelago or just Google what gulags were. But the point is, unfortunately, I think very often we know very little history. Many of us know the story of the Holocaust. We know the story of maybe the destruction of the temple. But do you know the story of the Jewish people for the last 2,000 years? What we've been through? What we've overcome? what we've fought, what we lost, and what we overcame. 
get some history, get some context. We've been here a long time, anti-Semites, and we'll outlive every single one of you long after you're gone and forgotten. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. We're going to finish with one more uplifting song from the ashes. Just want to finish off and send our love to our brothers and sisters in Israel, to all our soldiers in the IDF. Go do what you got to do to make sure that this never happens again. It's very nice for the world to like Jews. But the, the world should be afraid of Jews. You should be afraid to start up with a Jew because someone will be there to protect. Bring the fear back into the hearts of any person who will dare touch a Jewish child, spill a, a drop of Jewish blood. God's with you. And although the voices of hate might sound loud, They'll disappear like the wind. But Am Yisrael Chai, Jewish people will live on much longer than any of them. And I encourage all those who are listening who are sitting on the fence to be on the right side of history, to stand for the side of love, of values, of cherishing of life, of goodness. This war, this war is very binary. You're either on the side of good or you're on the side of evil. There's no two sides. It's not a war between two equals. It's a war between monsters and humans. Stand on the side of humanity, stand on the side of good. Wishing you and all of us, may we be ushered in soon into a time of peace with the coming of Mashiach, with the coming of the righteous Redeemer, speedily in our days. Amen. Have a great day.